Hello and welcome to Gentle Touch. This podcast is a place where people can learn, discover and upscale mentally, spiritually and emotionally. This show is all about breakthroughs so get ready for some good vibes, realness and lots of information. You will be joined by me, your podcast host Alejandra Castro. Some of the shows will be just me and other shows will have guests open up new perspectives and views. My passion is to inspire and educate people who feel stuck. I will show you ways you can improve your overall health by sharing powerful tools that you can implement into your daily life. Let's get started. In today's episode, we have a very special guest. We have Lee Noto joining us from Austin, Texas. Lee Noto is a health coach, a psychedelic therapist, and is also a intimacy coach. She helps powerful women access their sensuality and succeed at love. Please welcome Lee onto the show, guys. How are you, Lee? I am so well. How are you? I'm very good, thank you, Lee. Are you ready? I am ready. Yes. Lee, so I was looking through all your socials and I am very impressed. Do you have a team? Who helps you out with everything? I do. Um, I have an assistant that is actually great with graphic design and just planning in general for social media. Um, And then I have a couple of other virtual assistants as well that work on other aspects of the business. Honestly, Lee, they are doing such a great job because I was going through everything and your website is so organized, the blogs, and not even that, even the YouTube channel, even with the podcast, everything is up to date. Yeah, yeah, thank you. I'm so glad you took a look. Yeah, Lee, to start off, what is menstrual cycle awareness? Sure. So menstrual cycle awareness is when we create intimacy and awareness around our cycles as women. And so often we are raised as women being at odds with our period, being at odds and not having information about what the various stages of our cycles actually mean for us, mean for our hormones, our emotions, our state of being. And so when we start to create awareness around it by doing something like tracking our cycles and our cravings, our moods, our desires, and our emotions, then we can start to create intimacy with our menstrual cycle. And honestly, I'll say that this practice that I learned from from a book that I read, and as soon as I remember the name, I'll mention it. Really, wild really power. Changed. Yes, wild power. Thank you. <laughs> it it really changed how I related to my period. And honestly, now I went from being at odds with my period to that being my favorite time of the month. Lee, for the person that that's new to the subject that doesn't even know, for example, that would say, okay, phew, I've got my period, I'm not pregnant. What would that even mean for the, for the newbie? Like, how would you break it down? Does that make sense? If they don't even have a clue and they're like, okay, yeah, so I know I get my period and I know that's really good. I get my period once a month and that means like, okay, cool. I'm not, I'm not, there's a, like, I'm not pregnant. How would we say, for example, the importance of tracking your period is? Yeah, so there are a number of different benefits from tracking our cycles. And so we, as women, are aligned with the seasons. So winter, spring, summer, and fall. And our monthly cycle runs on like a 28 to 35 day cycle. And this is also in alignment with the moon cycles. 
So as women, we are so deeply connected to nature, to being in a cyclical rhythm, to transforming and changing very often throughout the month. So each part of our cycle is actually mapped to a different season. And when we are on our period, when we're bleeding, for example, this is our winter season. This is when, just like in winter, we go inward, we reflect, sometimes we'll shut ourselves out from the world in an effort to reserve our energy. We may feel different moods. We definitely have different hormonal compositions as well. And as we understand how to really treat our bodies and how to really relate to our emotions during these different cycles and as the cycles turn from one phase into the next, we can set ourselves up for better success when it comes to planning our workday, when it comes to navigating uh, conflict, navigating challenging conversations, when it comes to, for entrepreneurs like us, uh, when we're going to choose to launch something. So I've actually mapped my cycles and my launches to my cycles so that I'm not launching anything while I'm bleeding because that's the time I like to really go inward and be by myself, get off social media. However, when I'm ovulating, which is about 14 days after my period ends, that's when I love being in my stories. I love sharing. I love being in launch mode. So as I understand these nuances about my body and how it operates, I can actually create a more optimized life that's full of pleasure for me and for everyone around me. Lee, that is amazing. How long has it been since you've been in tune with yourself, since you've read the book and you've started adopting these, these practices? So I've been doing this for about three years now and it has made a huge difference. Have you seen big, 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 like, have you seen big changes within yourself and like in, in everything? Like from professional to your mood? Absolutely. Now that I understand that in the in the few days leading up to my period is when my mood shifts the most. I know exactly how to ask for my needs. I know what my needs are. I know how to communicate boundaries. So I'll say that I wasn't always so proficient at this. I had many, many periods where I would rage at someone, I would get into arguments, I would feel down in the dumps and I didn't know how to navigate it. But as I started tracking my cycle where I was at each day and what my mood was, what my cravings were, what I desired, that's when I started to understand, okay, because my period is so consistent, then in those first few days before my period, I know that I need a lot of alone time. So I make space for that. I don't book a lot of meetings. I don't do anything that's very outward or where I need to be running around from place to place. And I don't typically meet up with people during that time. So it really helps me and my body feel supported and it definitely helps my emotional state and has also created a lot more intimacy and closeness in my relationship with my partner. That is amazing. And for you to have that knowledge and for, for you to actually practice it because we are not even taught this and we don't even have a clue. It's like, okay, you've got mood swings. Okay, you you don't want to do nothing. Okay, you're bloated. What baby steps or how, how was the journey for you? Did you keep a journal or do you just kind of write? Like, how does it work? So I kept a journal because I'm kind of old school in that way. I really love writing stuff down. And I was actually using a journal from a company called The Magic of Eye. And they have this beautiful moon tracker journal. And it's a, a journal and a planner. And so I was using that journal. It became this beautiful ritual that I did every day. Um, but I also know for those who aren't into analog, there are plenty of apps like the MyFlow app where you can actually track a bunch of data and it will congregate the data and actually show you trends in things like moods, cravings, wow, etc. Yeah. 
that is so good and then okay so then you start tracking it and then obviously with that journal that helped you because it it was also going with with the moon cycle and then how do you integrate the seasons does that make sense yeah so like i said winter is when we are bleeding and one of the things that they talk about in wild power is that transition from what is fall into winter which is the phase right before you bleed right into your premenstrual phase right into menstruation can be some of the most challenging for many women because you have to do what's called being able to hold the tension and so there for many women and for myself included there is a period of about a couple of days where things feel chaotic it's like nothing seems to be working out or our mood is here and there and everywhere or we just find we're short-tempered or we're exhausted and we have no energy. Well, if we can actually hold the tension and soften to ourselves and say, okay, all right, I know I'm about to get my period. It's okay. I don't have to do a million things today. What can I reschedule? What can I cancel? How can I ask for support and help so that I can take some things off my plate because my body's literally going into a ceremony, a monthly ceremony where we are bleeding and we are shedding a a part of us energetically and physically. And so as we're going from fall, which is premenstruation into menstruation, just like as you go from fall into winter in the seasons in our everyday lives, This is when we start to go inward. Things start to get more quiet. We wear sweaters. We bundle up and drink hot chocolate. And then once winter is over, after our bleed, we then head into spring. And this is when we're heading out of menstruation and we start to find that our levels of energy increase. Things start to feel like they're coming alive again, just like the flowers blossom in spring after the winter and things go barren we start to have more energy. We start to wanna be around people more. And this is exactly how so many people feel in spring once they've weathered the winter. And then after spring, we go into summer and this is ovulation. So this is typically when most women feel energetic out in the world, like they're super moms or like they can handle anything, like they can juggle a million things at once. Maybe this is when you're on social media a lot, when you're launching something. And this is sort of the peak of our energy And that's exactly how we feel in summertime. People are out and about wearing tank tops and shorts, going to the beach, making plans. So it's it's really fascinating to watch how our cycles map to seasons and how when we get in alignment with the cycles, both environmentally and internally, we can actually create a lot of intimacy with ourselves as women. Wow, that's such a lovely explanation and just the way you went through it. Was it easy for you? Did it did it come naturally as in like to begin the journal? Because for for like a girl that doesn't track a cycle, what advice could you give her starting like starting with baby steps, getting that type of journal that you got, reading the book? Yeah, so if journaling feels too cumbersome because you're staring at a blank page, I would definitely recommend starting with an app. So the Flow app, there are plenty of apps that if you search in your App Store or Google Play Store, you can find menstrual tracking apps. Give a few a try and see which one works for you and know that there might be a little bit of a learning curve. What I'll say for me is that I used an app for a while, but I really loved journaling and writing in this beautiful planner that I had. And it wasn't easy for me at first. I mean, I loved journaling, 
but it wasn't easy for me to actually use the information I was journaling about and do something with it in order to make a change in my life. Because I am a woman who came from a lot of masculine energy, so often I will do and achieve and accomplish and I'll keep myself busy. So thinking about slowing down right before my period and during my period seemed counterintuitive to how I had operated for my whole life. So if there are any achievers out there and high performers, you may find that you come across some of the same challenges, but know that you don't have to get it right the first time. Like just keep trying, keep seeing what's there to see and know that as you track these things over time and as you become more aware of what your body needs, you'll naturally start to give it what it needs. Wow, that's so good. With regards, you know how you said I'm I'm an overachiever and I was very much in my masculine energy. Girl, you are so good at balancing. Like you're so good at balancing between both. Because when I look at your Instagram, like your pictures are so beautiful. Like the like the way you pose and and it's just so pretty. Um, how do you how how did you learn to to balance in between both or work with both? Yeah, well, thank you, first of all, for those words of affirmation. That is one of my top love languages. So I receive those compliments into my heart. You go, Uh, girl. (laughs) So learning to balance both, you know, I wish I had a very graceful story about this, but I don't. I eventually had to learn to balance both because I had reached burnout so many times in my life. And one of the most severe times that I created burnout in my body was a time after a really heartbreaking relationship had ended and I just did not know how to process my emotions. So what did I do? I worked. I worked day in and day out. I worked myself at the gym. I got really, really rigid and structured because I didn't know how to process my emotions. And this was the only way I actually felt like I could deal with what was happening. And after months and months of doing that and feeling sad and angry and confused, I ended up waking up one day uh, with Bell's palsy, which is a neurological condition where half or more of your face becomes paralyzed. I'm sorry to hear that. That must have been so scary. Yeah, it it was definitely scary. It was really emotional for me because this was the first time I'd actually been faced with the dysfunction that I was operating in and the fact that I had really, really run my body and my emotions into the ground. And this was the first evidence that literally hit me in the face because I was ignoring all the signs that I had gotten before that. And so I created balance eventually because I had just brought myself to this place so many times. And you know, I mean, we're beings that can endure a lot of pain and suffering, but it's not ideal. And so after just a number of times of creating burnout and stress and feeling like my self-worth was tied to my performance and my income and how many likes I got or followers I had, I just finally had to say enough is enough. And that was when I really started on the journey to creating balance between my masculine and feminine. Wow, what, what you've just said there is um is so powerful. You know the bit where you said the self-worth was tied to um what what was the worst uh income achievements and 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 that's how we look at it from a standpoint we would say for example we would say okay she's graduated okay she's done this okay but it's like we never look inwards it's always like what is the outside what have you got what income did you get the promotion and is and what you said is is so so powerful so 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 how was the journey did you just one day wake up and and you saw the physical signs 
So I saw the physical signs. It was a Friday night in 2017. And I saw the physical signs. I could feel that my eye was starting to, my left eye was starting to blink differently than my right eye. And I could feel almost like a frozenness in my face as if, you know, it was numb. And I decided to go to sleep and see if I could wake up the next morning and hope that it was magically gone. But obviously that didn't happen. And even for a few weeks after this, after I had visited acupuncturists, Chinese medicine doctors, uh, I still had some denial left that this was really as severe as it was. And that caused me to not share this with my family, but really to suffer in silence. And at that time, I was, I was so afraid to ask for help because I thought that it would mean that I had failed or that I wasn't worthy or that I would be a burden to people. And this is such a pervasive and dangerous narrative that so many of us carry, particularly women around. A hundred percent. Yeah. Or being, being a failure or, you know, admitting to people that we don't have it all figured out. And that was exactly what I had to do. So in the coming weeks after I recognized that I had created Bell's palsy in my body, I finally told my parents and one other family member and I just, the emotions slowly trickled out thereafter, but it, it took me about a month or two to really feel the gravity and the impact of what was happening. Was, was your family based in, in New York at the time or, or where were they? So my aunt was based in New York and she okay. was one of the family members that I told first and my parents were in Florida. So I, I told them oh. over the phone. Okay. Okay. Oh my gosh. It's, it's far. Like your parents were far. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 how, so, how does the treatment work? Would you go, like, what, what was your background, like, your profession? Was you doing corporate? Yeah. So, I was in corporate full time, but I was also, I had already also gotten one coaching certification. So, I was okay. a coach that was growing a business on the side and was in an apprenticeship for deeper training, and then had my corporate day job as well. Oh my gosh, Lee, I can't yeah. imagine the stress and not even that, just trying to balance everything and your body, like the rest, like the rest, it would be asking you. And it's like, you have so much going on, so much responsibility, so much pressure that it's like saying, oh my God, I, like I need help. Please look after me. Yeah. Wow. So after all of this, what, what helped you transform? What habits and what practices did, did you did you begin to adopt? So this was a really really pivotal time for me because this was the first time I had more consistently and deeply opened up to my own emotions. So when I first went to the walk-in, the emergency walk-in clinic, when this started happening, uh, the doctor gave me three prescriptions. And he said, if you take these, you should be better in a few weeks. And I knew that that wasn't the way for me because I knew that something else was underneath this condition. And Sure, I could take some pills and that might work, but I really wanted to understand what was happening. So I decided to not fill the prescription. And instead, I worked with two Chinese medicine doctors and acupuncturists. And for months, I received very, very intensive acupuncture to the face, Chinese herbs. And I had one of the doctors coach me on accessing my emotions. Wow. During that time, yeah, I journaled a lot. I canceled a lot of plans. I stayed home and really just spent a lot of time with myself. I did a lot of crying and feeling. And for the first time ever, I was starting to 
really get messages and understand that a lot of the stress came from repressed emotion. The fact that I never processed this heartbreak, that I never told this ex-partner about how I felt and why I was angry and sad and confused. And so one of the practices that really helped me create a lot of movement was writing a letter to him. And I, I never ended up sending the letter. I, ended did, up I did it. this. I did yeah. this. And and yeah. honestly, Lee, I did not want to do it. And um, I had a, spir a spiritual, like a, like a very special spiritual individual. And they were like, you need to do it. And you need to let go now. And honestly, I could cry. And she made me say um, like certain things. Like say, for example, you love him, but you let him go. And I had to do a letter. And honestly, like, and then at the end of it, I felt so much peace. Hmm. Like even, so, like, even though it's so hard, because for me, it was like, okay, th like the hard bit at the moment was that when I left, because we were living together, when I left, I didn't leave in peace. And that's not like me. Like the situation got so bad and so toxic that I left in anger. So it's like going back and retracing and, and just undoing nothing. Obviously, we can't go back to where we were because so much damage has been done. However... I had to write a letter saying thank you. Um, mm. I forgive you, and I ask for apologies for certain things. Like, and just writing a letter. Wow. Did yeah. you ever share that letter with him, or did you? I sent it. Yourself? I I sent it to him, and then she said, "That's it. You need to let go." So I sent the letter to him, and I blocked him because and then, so you haven't heard from him since. Um, he called me. And but I was I wasn't in the same country, so I was like, "Oh hey, you okay?" But honestly, I was so surprised to hear from him that I was like, "Who is this?" Like you know, yeah. And then, but because it's international, and I was with the UK number, I was like, "I can't even afford this because this is gonna be like four or five times the price per minute." Yeah. So so he said, "I'm gonna call you on WhatsApp," and he was already blocked on WhatsApp. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so that's it. But I think he did it out of curiosity because I changed my DP picture on WhatsApp, you yeah. know? So um, I know, but I know from my standpoint, I've made peace with him. I've made peace with my past. It's time for me to let go. And I no longer serve him and he no longer serves me to be a better individual. Does that make sense? As, yeah, absolutely. I can't even believe I've said this because four or five months ago, I've been like, no. But it's, it's crazy how much how much time heals even though people don't tell you and you're just like oh my god a minute seems like 10 years right now yeah slowly time heals and it's like and people walk into your life and people walk out of your life and it's like I was so lost during the pandemic and that's how I started this podcast I was so lost I was in so much darkness I suffered with I was working frontline so I developed PTSD post-traumatic stress disorder and when I was mm. alone I would cry like I could cry but when I had family run I wouldn't cry because I didn't want to scare them so I was yeah. holding all that emotion so what I would do is I'd go to the park and wear glasses and behind my glasses I would be crying oh wow yeah yeah so it hasn't like it hasn't been an easy journey but yeah so so carry on so you wrote this letter so I, I wrote this letter and I actually didn't end up sending it to him I went to the place where we met which was a really cute park in New York City and I ended up where is the park where, where on the west side so right not far from not far from uh, Washington Square Park there's another small park just west of it okay yeah, so I ended up going there and having a ceremony and burying the letter there and then calling it complete. Wow. 
Well, who, who taught you to do that? Was, was this a Chinese medicine doctor? Uh, I actually had another practitioner I was working with who was a holistic oh, aesthetician, and she told me to do it. Oh, I, what's, what's the title called? Uh, holistic aesthetician. So I was, oh, okay. she was helping me heal through a lot of acne at the time because okay. my, there was so much stress in my body I that imagine. I was, it was creating acne. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. And then you did, so, okay, so you did a, the of the soil and burying it. I, I, I burnt it with a candle. Oh, nice. Yes, I burnt it with a candle. Wow. And then how did you feel after? I felt resolved. Like it just felt so good to write all of the things that I wrote in that letter that I just never knew how to say to him. I released a lot of anger. I like my attitude came out, the like all the things that I just didn't know how to do when everything happened, I got to release and express. And even like you said, even in the act of writing it, it was so liberating because I got it out of me. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And you feel a weight being lifted off your shoulders. Yes. Wow, that's 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 beautiful. Um, it's I'll say it's beautiful. No, it's not beautiful. It's hard. It's so hard. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I'm just like ah. But you grow through it. You learn, and 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 I think it touches somewhere inside you that that comes to light, like comes to the surface that you didn't even know you had. Absolutely. I yeah. I agree 100. Lee, tell me about sexual healing. Oh gosh, where do we even start? So I will tell you that. The idea of sexual healing is the exact opposite of sexual shame. We okay. are raised in a society and during a time where there's a lot of shame around sexuality, around our sexual expression, our desires, our preferences, our fears, our boundaries. And it's often a topic that doesn't get talked about. It gets hidden. It's taboo. People feel ashamed for talking about their sexuality and so these things stay underneath, they, they're, they stay in the shadows. And, you know, as we start to understand that there is so much power in our sexuality, and that's part of the reason historically why it has been forbidden almost because there's so much power in who we are as sexual beings, it's literally our creative life force energy. So we create from our sexual energy. Women create life from their sexual energy. That is how we birth new life. We also create life through projects, creating a new project, creating a business. All of that is coming through sexual energy as well as creative ideas. Our next song that we write, a poem, an art piece, all of that is creative energy, which is sexual energy, life force energy. So we, we often find that we tend to have greater access to an unbridled flow of that energy when we bring ourselves through or are facilitated through sexual healing. And sexual healing is a very broad topic, but what I can say about my own journey and the journey that I've you know, brought a lot of my clients on is that the first part of sexual healing is understanding where we have felt sexual shame. The things that we have hidden, our preferences, our kinks, our desires, the things that maybe we've not been able to face, perhaps like sexual traumas. So creating a space where we can heal through those things, where we can transform through those things, and that starts to open up space within us. We start to reclaim parts of our identity as women, as individuals, because we are all inherently sexual beings. 
So to be ashamed of a part of us that's so deeply who we are, it's it's like we're missing a part of our identity as humans. And so as we go through whatever our own healing process looks like, it typically allows us to alleviate and release shame, to hold space for our emotions, to start to explore what our desires are, to start to be able to communicate about these things, and to start to be able to create boundaries where they feel good, to be able to create experiences for ourselves that feel enjoyable, pleasurable. And that's when we gain access to our, our highest states of bliss and fulfillment. And that's not just from a sexual perspective. We start to gain access to professional bliss, to financial bliss, to relational bliss. So by going through a sexual healing process and whatever form that takes on, we we benefit every other area of our lives. Wow, girl, you have given me so much information. I'm like, Lee, what? Lee, say for example, for an individual that has had trauma, trauma as a child, um, that's literally been molested, how can like sexual healing be used or how can that partner support that individual because sometimes yeah. they they may need to go on this journey but they don't want to because it's so painful so hurtful and they don't want to face it yes absolutely and i've i've seen that happen for a number of clients and so if you are the person that has experienced something like this and it feels painful one know that you are so valid in your feelings and emotions these experiences often do feel quite painful and challenging because it is an utter and one of the most fundamental breaches of our boundaries and it is a huge huge violation to our well-being and so one, creating a space to recognize that it is okay to feel sad, confused, angry, numb, whatever is coming up around the experience is valid and welcome. And if you can create a space within yourself that you understand that who you are and the things that happen to you are, you know, who you are and how you show up in relation to those things is valid and welcome then it may help you to navigate how to ask for help, whether that's help from a partner, help from a practitioner or a therapist. Um, and one of the things I'll say about different modalities in this is that, you know, find a number of different practitioners that resonate for you in terms of the modality that they practice. Uh, some people opt for talk therapy. Other people opt for, you know, more somatic-based modalities. Typically, when trauma occurs, it gets stored in the nervous system. So the one shortcoming of a talk-based modality, like you know regular talk therapy, while it can be great if you're in the stage of processing emotions and you need cognitive processing and support, uh, as well as emotional processing and support, talk therapy can be great. But if you found that you've done that for a while and you seem to be hitting a plateau, then consider looking into a somatic modality, something like somatic experiencing or Hakomi. These are two modalities that very deeply access the nervous system. And that's where a lot of these early memories are stored. This is beneath verbal communication. So you're not really going to access it as much through talking and cognitive processing, but it's going to be a practitioner guiding you into your body in a very safe, stable way. And so those are a couple of recommendations that I typically make. And, you know, as you're going through this experience, 
if you have a partner and you can and you feel safe to share updates with your partner about what the experience is like for you in processing this and making requests of your partner. Something like, hey, listen, I had a really hard therapy session today. A lot came up with my therapist and I'd love to share it with you, but can I share it with you without your response? All I want you to do is listen. I, I don't feel open to questions and I don't have the capacity to have an ongoing conversation about it. Can you support me in that way? Wow. So that's just- Yeah, that's just one example of how we can enroll the support of loved ones in our lives and get the support that we really need. So it's also going to be on the person communicating to ask before they reach out to this person and say, what do I need? How do I want to be supported? What am I open to? What am I not open to in this conversation? And how can I just make a request for that? And if they're a yes, we'll talk. And if they're a no then I'll seek support somewhere else. Wow, I love I, I love what, what you said that. And um, because I have a lot of people, I don't know why, but I have a lot of people, I don't know if it's just me, but I have a lot of people that open up to me and they say I've been molested as a child. And like, I'm in shock. Like this has happened to me in the first time I've met them. And I don't know if it's my energy. I don't know if it's, I've been told I'm very healing. Mm. But it's like, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to support it because I don't know what to say. Like, what do you say? And I'm like, have you, so obviously then, then I kind of like talk about it because obviously they've opened up and some people say, oh, I've tried Reiki. And then, so, so the first individual that said this to me, um, she's done Reiki, but she, but her Reiki, the Reiki practitioner said she has to go in deeper and she says she's not ready. So she just kind of wants to avoid it. Then the second individual that, that said this to me, they've tried everything and they've even um I noted it down what the the kind of therapy she's she's done because I've wanted to read more about it because it was so new to me and the third one the third individual basically numbs the pain like like when they have an intercourse they have to be drugged up like they can't be sober Mm. yeah yeah that's that's really challenging um that is a a big emotional and psychological and physical burden to carry as someone who's experienced that kind of trauma. So, you know, to answer your question about how do you respond, you know, when people share things like that with me, I first stop every single thing that I'm doing and I'll just, just be with them and I'll thank them for sharing because it's a very vulnerable thing to share. And typically what I'll say next is, how do you need me to show up for you in this conversation? So that they have the agency to say, you know, I just needed someone to listen, or I actually want you to ask me questions because something feels stuck, but I don't know what it is. And, you know, I'll say this when I feel like I have the capacity to have a conversation like that. Of course, if you're on the other side of it and you don't have capacity, you know, you may want to share that. But you can ask what they need and and how you can support and that's so nicely. Yeah, yeah. Allow them to let you know how to support them. Yeah, that's so important because, like, personally, me, I I like obviously it's so nice to 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 speak to you and and to ask you because obviously now you you've told me and and it's like how can I show up? What can I do? What information? So with one of the individuals, I. I actually kept in contact on social media. So um, so when she spoke to me about the different treatments she's had, at the end of the message, oh my God, it's so nice to reconnect. And I said, if you need me, I'm here for you. 
Mm, yes beautiful. yeah so I know that wherever she goes or whatever she does just know like you know like I'm here because everyone everyone is on their own journey everyone is on their own path Lee what is is it Hakomi that you've mentioned as as one of the things whether it be somatic or whether it be is it Hakomi yes h-a-k-o-m-i what is that so that's another somatic based modality and that's it's so it's called the Hakomi method and it's experiential and it, it also incorporates psychotherapy so it's a it's a pretty good gentle mix and so basically what the therapist or the guide will ask is to really use your felt experience in order to access some of the core material and core material in this case might be an event of trauma so they're going to guide you into your body to start to pull up material that you might not remember or that might be unconscious. And that's going to come through accessing sensations in your body and being guided. So it's it can be a very gentle method that is a nice mix between psychotherapy and other somatic or body-based modalities. And this would be only once the individual is ready to accept and ready to face it, right? Once, once is this is this the step above talking? Like you've done the talking and you've shared and it's now to kind of like, oh, how does it work? Or does it just work with how the individual is and if they're ready and they'll kind of like have a feel if it vibes with them, if they get on with it? Yeah, yeah. So people can, yeah. So people can, you know, some people will know right away that they want to go for a somatic based modality. Maybe they never do talk therapy. It really depends what someone's preference is. But like you said, it's very, very important that someone is ready to actually explore this, that someone feels ready, that they have full agency around how they explore it, with whom they explore it, in what modality, at what time, at what level of intensity. So especially because the the scenario that we're talking about is someone who experienced sexual trauma that they did not consent to, it's really important that in these therapeutic experiences, this person has full agency and decision-making power. Wow, that's so important, Lee. That is so, so important. Because sometimes when, 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 this, event, when this event has happened, it's like everything's being crossed. Like the communication, your boundaries, your respect, just like you know yourself, worth everything has been crossed. So to now be in charge and and to be able to communicate boundaries, to be able to communicate, um, this is what I like, this is what I don't like, this is what I'm comfortable with, this is what I'm not comfortable with, comfortable with, is beyond powerful because it's just giving them back that power. Yes, exactly. Lee, this episode has been so special. I never knew it would have turned out the way it has turned out. Lee. What is your favorite book? Ooh, what's my favorite book? Okay, one of my... Uh, okay, I'll, I'm going to say two. I've got okay. two books that I have read recently. One which I have just reread, which is called Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. And that is a wonderful, funny, accessible book on how to access your creative power. And then one of my other favorite books is called The Queen's Code by Alison Armstrong. I love that. that. I love the title. It's so good. It's so good. And it's a fictional story that shares a lot of factual information about the way men's minds operate and how they're different from how women's minds operate. And so it is a fictional account of how women can really understand men better and how we can communicate more effectively so that we can create deeper intimacy in our relationships. 
Wow. Is is that an easy read? Yes, it's a very easy read. It's it's a little longer. I think it's like 300 or so pages, but because it's wrapped in a fiction story, you can get through it very quickly. Wow, that's amazing. Lee, what advice would you give to yourself knowing how well you've done, knowing that you're healthy, knowing that you're successful, knowing that you're in a beautiful relationship, knowing so many bright things about you, like everything's blossoming. What would you give yourself? What advice would you give your younger self? Mm, I would tell myself that you're safe to feel your feelings. You're safe to be yourself. It is safe to be successful and you're safe to just be you. So go forth and be you. Oh, I love that. That's so gentle. I love it. Because um, so many people are hiding behind a mask. So many people are scared of like really, really expressing their feelings, really showing up as what they feel inside. And it's like for fear of being rejected, for fear of not fitting in, for fear of what family or friends may say. But it's like, it's like, you just need to be you. And, and it's, it's, it's so much easier to be you than, than to pretend to be someone else. Lee, are you in a relationship? You're in a relationship, I, right? Yes, I am. You, you're in such a beautiful relationship. It doesn't even look like a relationship. It looks amazing. Thank you. Yeah, it is really, really beautiful. It's been very transformative. Is any any tips, what are your top tips for a beautiful, peaceful relationship? Learn your attachment style. That's number Ooh, one. You can learn go, your attachment style. Yeah, you can go online and do an attachment style quiz. Um, okay. A book I recommend if you're learning about attachment style is called The Power of Attachment. Okay. And that our attachment styles that we develop in our childhoods based on how our parents or caregivers raised us and based on the relationships that we saw growing up determine how we show up in romantic partnership as adults. Wow. And most of us have, uh, you know, disorganized or anxious or avoidant attachment styles which lead to a lot of heartbreak, a lot of pain, a lot of repeating patterns that we don't know how to quite resolve. So as you become aware of your attachment style, you can start to understand what it is you really need to help create a secure attachment with, within yourself, with your partners, and what your partners may need to create a secure attachment. So if you're in a relationship, I recommend that both people do the quiz. And if you're not, then do the quiz and see what your attachment style is and start to learn about it and start to learn about ways that you can move toward creating a more secure attachment style if you don't already have one because that's going to make the biggest difference. Lee, and this is this is why you're in such a beautiful relationship because you both have done the work. You both have, you know, you've taken the time to read the book, to do, and it's like sometimes we are in a relationship and we don't even we don't even know like we don't even study each other we don't even know it's like okay we had so much chemistry in the beginning and we liked each other and now we're here and it's like halfway in the line it's like oh my gosh like why are we here like you know it it always takes that extra step to understand each other to figure out okay how can we work on it and this is why there's so many divorces so many yeah absolutely so so this is amazing I love that you've mentioned that and and not even that I heard uh, I met another a, a lady and she's been married for 65 years and she was like heartbroken that her son wanted to divorce his wife because she was like this didn't happen in my time 
Mm, yeah, a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of generational differences for sure. Yes. Lee, how can our listeners connect with you? How can they learn about you if they want to seek you um, as a mentor, the courses? T- tell me about you. Absolutely. So the best way to connect with me is on Instagram. My handle is at Lee Noto underscore L-E-E-N-O-T-O underscore. And right now I am actually opening enrollment for a program that my partner and I are teaching together. So we are teaching together as a couple, and the program is called Become the High Priestess. It is for powerful single women who are ready to go on the inner journey to overcome unhealthy relationship dynamics, to let go of the subconscious blocks and patterns that have been keeping them stuck when it comes to love, and who are ready to create a relationship where there's open and honest communication, where there's passion, attraction, where they're having great sex. And so we take you on a 12-week journey through that program. And to learn more, you can go to www.becomethehp, as in High Priestess, becomethehp.com. And once you get to that page, you will be able to watch a really powerful video that my partner and I created that shares with you exactly what we do in the program and the results that we've helped other women receive. Um, And then you will be taken to fill out an application and book a call if the program feels like a fit for you. And then you can get started right away. That is amazing. Lee, you're so knowledgeable. How did you get so much knowledge? From where? A lot of making my own mistakes. <laughs> oh, is it? <laughs> no, that, because it's it's like you know, like you know so much attachment style, uh, thinking your periods with like on a professional level with me, like you know, it's like they don't teach this in school. Like I didn't even have a clue. Um, I know they, they really should teach it in school, but yeah, a lot of making my own mistakes, and then a lot of studying with amazing teachers and having great coaches. Honestly, it makes such a difference because it's like you you have so much information. Lee, would you write a book? It is actually on my on my desires list. A book will come soon. Yes, for sure. A hundred percent. But Lee put lots of examples in it because you have so much information. It's like, it's, it's for the newbie. I was just like, even on this podcast, I was like, oh my God, Lee's giving me too much information. How do I break this down? Oh, well, I'm, I'm so glad you got to receive it. No, it's, 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 it's amazing. Honestly, I, I couldn't have expected or wanted like the way it turned out, the information, the golden nuggets and just it, it goes inwards. So for the person that's ready to hear this podcast, for the person that wants, that's going through certain things, or it's just like a wake-up call, like a gentle wake-up call, like now it's time, it's time to do the inner work. It's time for you to seek help. Not only that, it's time for you to heal and it's time for let go of, of all that pain, of all that shame, of all that, like, you know, that heavy baggage you've been carrying on. Like it's time to live your best life. Aho, I'm right there with you. Yes, 100%. Lee? It was so lovely to have you on the podcast. It was so nice like that we could um, make make it happen. I'm so glad. Thank you for having me, me here, Alejandra. I'm so grateful and I'm excited to share this out when it goes live. Oh, Lee, where are you from? Oh, the way you said my name, she said it's so right. <laughs> is, that, is that because you're from New York? Well, I, I studied Spanish in, in university, so I've ah. not fluent, but I can definitely get by. No, the accent's perfectly. Thank you so much for saying my name correctly because half people here in the UK get it wrong and it's like, oh, it's tropical, it's exotic. 
Yes. <laughs> Lee, I'm going to love you. I'm going to leave you. Thank you so much for everything. Thank you for your time, for your energy, and for just being who you are and just all, all, all the information you're giving away. And your podcast is so rich in information. It's like changing lives. Thank you. Thank you so much, my dear. It was a pleasure being here with you. I'm so grateful, and I hope you have a great night of sleep. Lee, thank you so much. You have a friend in me always. And if you ever come to London, holla at me. Holla at your girl. Likewise, girl, I sure will. (laughs) (laughs) Lee, have a pleasant afternoon. Bye. Bye. Hope you guys enjoyed this podcast and found this podcast useful. If you did, be sure to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening and joining Gentle Touch. I'll see you in the next episode. Want to get in touch? Feel free to send me a DM on Instagram. Link is in the description. Be sure to follow and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're on. Stay tuned and keep listening. Much love.